Hi, welcome back to Making Waves, a podcast of authentic girlfriend conversations about the difference that makes a difference in true and lasting wellness. Um, I am Tirza Sorrow-Janes. I am here with my co-host, Beth Horn, um, and we are ready to jump into today's episode in which we are continuing our series on compassionate communication. Um, This is a podcast that grew out of a professional development we did about the connected classroom and how to use language to create connection um, between you and the people that you're communicating with. And so we uh, talked last time in our last episode about your mindset and kind of where you are. And today we're going to do another tough topic because we kind of have to start at the foundation of this. If you're truly going to communicate in a compassionate, connected way, you really have to do a lot of self-awareness and self-journey, a little shadow work um, to kind of understand where you're coming from. So today we're going to talk about the difference between um, judgments and there are two different types of judgments. So a moralistic judgment versus a value judgment. So we're going to jump into that topic about judgments today. This is a hard one. (laughs) It is a hard one. This is a hard one. It's going to be um, a little bit tougher to kind of deal in. We talk in our nonviolent communication or our compassionate communication series about how important it is to have a clean, clear observation. And I think that's probably the easiest way to jump into this is when we make observations, are we making an observation that is free of an evaluation or free of a judgment? And like maybe an example would be, this kid is irresponsible. Um, as a teacher, I hear that said a lot. And what's the observation behind that is, no, they didn't turn their work in on time. Mm-hmm. And that's the true observation. They didn't turn their work in on time. To add that diagnosis of them being irresponsible, to add that judgment of this, you know, that kid is just being irresponsible, is doesn't really, not productive, doesn't really kind of help this mm-hmm. situation. When we add these moralistic judgments onto our our language and our communication, I think that's when we create separation. That person has the need suddenly to defend themselves and they throw that wall up. Mm -hmm. And it is definitely a barrier to authentic communication. And I swear the classroom and parenting are the two places where I see moralistic judgments coming out the worst. I agree. Um, And I don't think that it's a slight against someone to say that you're using that moralistic judgment. Most of us have moralistic judgments that have been programmed by society, by families, Mm -hmm. by religion, by um, groups of people, by experiences, Mm -hmm. by the media. Um, It's not even truly authentic where we are because your value judgment is that part, that internal part of yourself that has this true need, um, this desire that is your true value that's at the heart of that. And if we can peel back the way of all those societal judgments and get to the point of where it is, then we truly can find common ground. Absolutely. I agree. And I think um, we've been we've been hashing out into it before this episode started saying, where are we going to jump into this? Because this could get into, go into some places where um, it would be really touchy. And like, yeah. we, we, we told you at the beginning we were ready to step on some toes. Yeah. Um, that's how we grow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I don't want to stomp too hard. Yeah. So I think the topic that is near and dear to both of us, um, that's probably the easiest way to kind of see this through the lens that we're talking about, is mental health. Yeah. Um, there is such moralistic judgments about mental health. Um, I have a child who has um, been dealing with that since the, the day that we adopted him mm-hmm. and dealing with the, the mental health and the mental health industry. But when he went through puberty, I became um, unceremoniously introduced <laughs> to the world of mental health care and was abhorred. It was one of the most awful, um, isolating um, 
just horrible experiences of my life. And just knowing that my son was in a place in which I was trying to get him help. And it was the most helpless that I felt as a mother and the most judged I felt as a human being um, because my son had this problem. And it was really devastating to me. And I saw that, you know, we can, everyone gives lip service to the fact that mental health is really important and that mental health is physical health. And we, we talk about it, but it's very glossy. It's very, but when you get right down to it, if someone needs to have medication to cope, then they're somehow less of a person. Right. And there's such a stigma around it. And then people don't actually get help or they don't talk about what they're struggling with because there's this judgment of right and wrong mm-hmm. of this, I'm better than you are because I don't have this problem that I think keeps us from being truly connected and communicating or even if they do say hey i need help then they have that i don't want to say scarlet letter but they wear that badge so people are afraid to say i need help but when somebody does say that that's when we have to step in as a parent right as a teacher whatever when somebody says especially our kids i mean i'm my child's dealing with it as well when they say i need help it's like oh okay Let's do this. But I do understand where you're coming from because it's you feel so helpless because you're supposed to fix everything. Right. You're supposed to be able to fix everything. But there's things that we can't fix. Right. And that, thankfully, we do have facilities that can help kids, adults with these situations and get them to that point to where they are able to handle because they're being they've been given these tools or the appropriate medicine that can help them get through right whatever this is now that stuff doesn't go away mm-hmm. like it was explained you can close the door but it's still on the other side of that door and when you open it how are you going to deal with it how are you going to handle it are you going to crumble or are you going to use those tools that you were given to work through and believe that you're strong enough to get through all this stuff. Absolutely. And I would say that even those moralistic judgments, we judge ourselves too. Yeah. And healing is a process. And, you know, as you're going, so are you truly healed or are you just mm-hmm. free from an environment in which you're being triggered? Right. And then suddenly you're in an environment in which you're triggered and you like you feel just awful and you're judging yourself thinking, oh, my healing wasn't authentic or all that work that I did was for mm-hmm. nothing because I'm right back where I, I started. And that is not the case at all. Right. It's that you, you have to learn to, to be in different situations at different ways and, and have it heightened to the point in which finally there are no more triggers. But until you're in that situation and we don't give ourselves compassion to go right. through that. And we certainly are not compassionate with other people no. going through that. No. I think that there's this deep-seated fear behind the idea of being out of control at mental health. If there's something wrong, maybe call people crazy, send right. them to the mental hospital, the mental institutions. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, people were institutionalized because no one else knew how to cope with them. I, I've said all along, what if they're the, not the crazy ones? What if we are the crazy <laughs> ones? You know, what if we aren't seeing the world? What if right. what they're seeing really it's does real. exist? Right. You know, right. What, if, what if there's some truth behind that? Right. You know, but we've marginalized them to the point in which we're, we're not willing to see that and yes this talk is about your communication and your judgments but i think this is an area of our lives in which we can all see those judgments Mm -hmm. because you know if you feel like you are less of a person if you have to take medication to manage your anxiety that's a judgment Mm -hmm. and 
why you wouldn't be angry if someone had asthma and had to take medicine to right. for their asthma. There's no judgment there. But taking an anti-anxiety medication, there's a judgment there. Absolutely. And we judge ourselves. Yeah. And where did that come from? And I think peeling back those layers of why am I subhuman because I have this problem, but I'm okay if I have this problem. Right. Where did that come from? Where where's the difference? Why is it so different? Right. Why? And we do that in all areas of our lives. Right. Um, I, and I think checking yourself and giving them an opportunity, especially when you're in conflict with someone. Mm-hmm. I, when someone says something that is just so different from the way that you see the world, check yourself. Wait, where am I coming from? Yeah. Wait, where do I feel this in my body? What emotion has this? Because right. for me, when I know if this is, if I'm feeling you know heated and I'm feeling here and I'm feeling anxious, where's that anxiety coming from? Like, I, why am I defending myself against this person's opinion? Right, that really doesn't matter. Exactly, and I was like, <laughs> they're not hurting me. Right. I'm okay. Right. Where is this coming from? And I think when you start to peel that back, you realize, oh, I have a judgment about that. Yeah. Or, or wait, that's borrowed information from somewhere else. Yeah. I may have been influenced by something, and that might not really be um, right. kind of where we're at and, and where it's coming. And I just think when you take your observations of the world in general, mm-hmm. we need to be very aware. Absolutely. What is, what is a moralistic judgment, which means there is this right and this wrong. You know, when, when something is right, you're automatically assuming something else is wrong. Mm-hmm. And that might be the case. It might just be other situations. Right. And I think in dealing with kids and kids who come from different backgrounds from mm-hmm. different homes from different neighborhoods where there have been seen different things heard oh, different things yeah. listen to different music watch different television all of those mm-hmm. things and they bring them into the classroom with kids who have differences i feel like i spend a lot of time wait 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 you know right that that might not be the case exactly you know, because is- there's so much more going on in those kids homes lives every day they bring it to school. And we, as the adults, however, support whatever, need to be understanding of all of that stuff. Right. And not quick to judge. Right. Oh, that person's parent is in jail. And? There are lots of reasons to go to jail. Right. And lots of good people go. And that's, I think, the thing is that we, we have this, this mindset. I love, there was a TV show out, um, and I'm not a big fan of TV in general, but there was a TV show out called Accused. And I got into that show because it tells the story Mm -hmm. from the the person, not the victim. So much of our television is about the law and the victim. And this one tells it from the perpetrator's point of view, who committed the crime and what went into the whole background. And at the end of the show, you are rooting for the person who committed the crime because they are a whole person and you see what went into it and the choices they made and they were pushed into a situation. And it made you very sympathetic. Mm -hmm. And I think people were even saying about the Jeffrey that they had to cut certain scenes out because they found that people were being very sympathetic mm-hmm. to Jeffrey Dahmer, who was an abused child. Yeah. And I, I tell my students all the time, under the right circumstances, pushed into the corner under the right circumstances, the right set of events, every single one of us can commit any crime that is yeah. possible in terms of humanity. Absolutely. There is no situation in which I can think I couldn't be pushed into a situation, mm-hmm. and that's the choice that I would make. Right. And when I realized that, that has opened up the whole world for me to just say, whoa, take, take a step back. Yeah. Because if you value human life, there are lots of different ways that that can be expressed. Right. Because someone will take a life because someone else took a life that they value. Yeah. And it's one of those things is that 
way I can kind of see why you would go there, why you would make that choice. And I'm not saying that we excuse all behaviors. No, not at all. But I think seeing the other side and understanding how did that person get to that point. Exactly. Is where, that's where I find that connection point. And that's really what we're talking about is it's about connecting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I can peel back those layers and see where, how can I connect to this person? Right. So I think now my new mantra is when I encounter someone that I completely disagree with where they're coming from, I'm seeking now instead of digging in, holding into my own stance and building my own wall and my own arsenal to come back at them to fight. I'm actually stopping and saying, wait, let me dig into your arsenal and find out where is this coming from? Right. Asking those questions. Asking questions. And questions are pretty easy to do. Yeah. And getting, because maybe that person doesn't even know it. Maybe it is just the societal judgment that they picked up. Yeah. And there's no basis for it. And the more you ask the questions that they don't know. Right. And I think that that's really exciting for me. Yes. It's, it's a different way of saying, well, what makes you say there? Could you define that for me a little bit more? Right. Sometimes we have different definitions of that word. Yeah. And teaching, for sure. Respect is a big big term yes teachers I, they disrespect or kids they disrespected me mm-hmm. and my first question mm-hmm. is can you explain to me what respect means to you like but what does that look like what does that look like for you yeah because they may be truly feeling disrespected because their definition of respect is different from this other person right and once they let that out and the person says no well this is what i meant then this dialogue happens mm-hmm. and we see this connection starting to happen instead of this separation i have a question for you this came up did you go through the coach training with Dr. Kim and Heather and all of that? I did some of it. But yes, that has helped you to open up those questions and be able to ask those questions um, to have in your toolbox in the event you come across situations like that. Absolutely. It's a phenomenal program yeah. to do to just understand that we can all be a coach. Right. Um, and, and coaching is nothing more than getting that other person to see the perspective you need them to see right. or see their own perspective. Sometimes right. I think we're very mindless. The, the right. way we do in a question can kind of dig in a little bit more mm-hmm. and questions don't necessarily yield the answer that you not have an expectation of what the answer will be too, and right. letting that question play out and, and creating another question behind that question, I think really helps yeah. to find where, where is this person truly coming from because I'm seeking connection yes without judgment without judgment and when I find myself in a place of judgment where did that judgment come from is it truly mine is it based from this mm-hmm. this value judgment that I have or is it some moral that I picked up that is based in society that really doesn't it, or that may be based a hundred years ago right that doesn't pertain today right I'm constantly amazed that the kids who are born today who show up in my classroom have an intolerance for things that I tolerated until I was 40 years old. (laughs) And they have this beautiful intolerance. And instead of seeing that as them being obstinate with me and saying, you can't talk to me that way, I am in awe. I am like, I was 40 years old before I ever said that to someone. (laughs) I'm like, where did you come from? Like. This is a beautiful thing. Yes. They have an intolerance for a work week that doesn't work for them. I love this. Yes. Yeah. They, they have an intolerance for the way that we've done school. Yep. Like, why do I have to be here at this time? This Like, when I feel better, this is a better time for me. I yeah. found that during COVID when we were teaching. Yeah. I held my classes later in the evening. I'm teaching teenagers. Oh, absolutely. They wanted to sleep they in. They wanted to sleep in. And yep. when I said, okay, meet me at 7 o'clock, 
they were wide open and going and yeah. I had to adjust my schedule a little bit to them to find that connection point that yeah. worked for them. But I think to take a moment instead of saying, oh, these kids today, yeah. be in awe of where did you come to get this now? Like, how do you, how do you see this this way? Is this right. really truly a bad thing? Right. You know, is the fact that they're so connected to their social media or so, you know, addicted to their dopamine response, is that really a bad thing? Can we use that? Right. Use that for good. I mean, I look at the AI. I think the AI is the big thing because there's two camps of AI. It's the greatest thing in the world or, oh my God, they're Get taking rid of over the world. I saw Terminator and I don't want this to happen. But I think sci-fi films have projected this. Yeah. Everything is bad. And, you know, how can you use this for good? How does this free me up to do other exploration of other creativity that maybe I haven't tapped into? Because I was so busy doing all this other mundane stuff that yes. a computer can do for me now. Yeah. There are different ways to think about that. Yeah. So I think that moralistic judgments, just check yourself. Like, yeah. just, why am I saying this? Yeah. Like, why am I feeling this? Mm -hmm. um, why don't I like that person? Or why suddenly do I think that person is you know, not someone I want to be around, where is that coming from? Right. And I think it's just being open and honest with yourself. And it could even be just something that you went through that day mm -hmm. that you're still carrying with you, but into that conversation, you you have to be like, wait a minute here. This is, this is about them. This is not about me. So let me just separate that. Right. And let me listen to what they have to say and ask those questions. And even as adults, we... We talk about kids picking up things the wrong way or seeing it through a, a different filter and maybe misinterpreting something, but adults do it all the time. All too. the time. All the time. I had this wonderful co-teacher that I was working with. It was in her classroom, and she suddenly, just this wonderful, loving teacher, flipped out on these kids. Aww. And I was, I, the kids were like, okay, whatever. And she said, I don't know why, but it just bothers me when they do that. And I was like, can we unpack this for a minute? Yeah. Like that just was very, it was so, such a disconnect for her. And I said, she didn't want them in her personal space. Like they came to her desk and she just, I don't want them in my personal space. And she, it was a visceral response. Wow. This is not this woman's personality. And I was like, wait, we need to unpack this. Yeah. And I said, here's what I see. I said, the kids care about you so much. You had sat down. Her teacher was on her feet. She had sat down at her desk and they came to her. Well, listen, when a kid, teenager's going to go the extra mile for me, Absolutely. You know, that, that shows me a connection. Yep. I was like, I'm seeing the connection and them coming to you instead of demanding you come to them. Right. And she said, I just don't want them in my personal space. I'm like, but you, you care about them and you love them. Why is this personal space? And it turns out, it took us about 20 minutes, but it turns out that she had seen a video in which a kid had taken a Chromebook and clocked the teacher oh, upside no. the head with it. Oh, no. And it terrified her. Yeah. And as we started talking about that incident, we unpacked the incident. It was a substitute teacher mm -hmm. who had triggered the kid. And the kid was there. There was a whole lot of things that were happening. And I was yeah. like, but these are your kids. Right. You're right. not the substitute. Right. These kids love you. They're coming for help with, with their subject. Yes. They're, not, they're not coming at you because right. they're angry with you. Why is this triggering such a response? And she realized that, she, that there was this moralistic judgment that she had picked up about the kids are out to get me. The kids don't like teachers. The kids don't like. And it was just, it blew my mind wow. how, how something so simple. And she was shocked. I'm sure. How something so simple like yeah. that could just happen. Yeah. And she didn't, and once we unpacked it, it became an okay thing. Yeah. 
And I said, but it's okay to have, this is my personal space, I don't want you here, but I'll sit here and we can talk about that. And we were able to kind of go, but it's these ideas that we have, these crazy mm -hmm. judgments. So we are at the point in time in which we have to come with a call to action for our listeners. What do you think? I think that if any of our teachers within the division or whatever have that moment to where they need to talk to us, reach out. Okay. What do you think? I think that's awesome. Like, I would love to hear. Um, I'm finding myself judging this situation. How do I help? Right. You know, we would love to be there for you to kind of help. But I would just say, maybe take a journal. Keep a note. Oh, yes. Of, um, yes. This is, I'm, I'm judging this. And, and maybe, maybe you want to know how to, to dig in. I think our next session will kind of talk about how, to, how do we find those things and mm -hmm. dig into them a little more. But just kind of be aware. Just understand when you hear other people it's always easier to hear other people than it is yourself um, yes. but as you hear other people making those value judgments maybe check hey do i feel the same way yeah. or why did why does that judgment that that person say bother me and try to find out where's your value mm -hmm. and the value judgment is a good thing because it keeps you where you need to be but that moralistic judgment actually causes separation yeah. so we want you to stay connected stay wild we're really excited for the next episode so come back and join us if you are watching us on youtube like and subscribe Yep. definitely download us anywhere you find podcasts and we are so excited to see you on the next session so until then stay wild my friends bye